Yo, what's up? It's your girl, Father Long Legs. You know me, Daddy T. It's 2021. Happy New Year. Should I have a new AK? I don't know. I might be going on Daily Zeitgeist again soon, and I feel like I'm bad at AK. So I know there's some crossover listeners. So if there's a confidant out there who's also a Zeitgang and you want to give me an AK, please message me. You know how to message me at Tell Me Anything Pod or at Larissa T or email me Tell Me Anything Pod at gmail.com. Why do I? have so many ways to contact me because I am very much accessible. Also, emails, I think, are my love language, so I, I love emails. Emails are the best. It's like diaries, but it's also in the cloud, and that who could ask for more? Um, okay, I am rambling. I am here to introduce this episode. Um, as you may have noticed, this is not a new episode, but it is an old one, and it is one from 2018, and a lot has changed since then. Uh, recently, I was cleaning out some old things back at um, in storage. Uh, old things, I mean, like literally back in the day, like from when I was a child, middle school, that sort of thing. Um, and just doing a lot of introspection, as I am wont to do. Um, and because of that, I started sort of like tracing, you know, pieces of my life. And I realized, wow, what a great gift to have this podcast of solo episodes where I actually can listen back and realize I've grown and changed. So that's what I did and um, I have some more perspective on it. Um, So I wanted to share this again in case there's new listeners who haven't heard this the first time. This was the original solo episode I did in 2018 for my birthday that year um, where I talked about my my phase questioning, my my gender identity. And I, I feel the more that I'm in quarantine, the more I'm becoming comfortable with who I am and uh, have the ability and words and network and support to express that, the more grateful I am to have had this space to explore that really in a way I didn't even realize I was doing. You know, as I was making that pod, that was the first time I've ever talked about it. I really don't talk about that time much, even still to my friends, um, but it's obviously out there now publicly. So I, um, yeah, I wanted to reshare that. Um, but that's this episode and we will be back with new guest episodes at the end of this month. But first, a couple quick announcements. Um, I did start an OnlyFans. Yep. If you didn't know, it's OnlyFans.com slash Teresa Lee. It was just too much of a temptation to be the verified and only Teresa Lee on OnlyFans. Um, they did reach out to me and I did ask them my concerns, uh, which include a lot of uh, people I know who do sex work on it, you know, are concerned that the platform might be trying to squeeze them out. And I did bring that up. And as long as I'm using it, I still feel comfortable with how they're approaching it. But if it does change, I'm happy to listen and I'm happy to change my approach. But basically what she said was that they're just expanding and they're not really like pitting people against each other. There are more comedians. I'm not the only one. So um, I'm really excited about using it because I've been during quarantine talking a lot more about things that don't fit in my stand-up, like the singularity, um, mostly that, but space, time. I have been working on the equation for time in a way that sounds insane, but makes sense in my brain. So that kind of thing, weird characters, twerking, butt stuff, that not butt stuff. Well, I yeah, butt stuff. I love to put my butt on Instagram. Instagram's cracked down on that. Ha, cracked. <sighs> no pun intended. Um... It's late. Okay. <laughs> I'm using OnlyFans for all that fun, very, very Teresa stuff that doesn't fit in my stand-up or this podcast. Because of that, though, and I want to service that 
um, I don't want to spread myself too thin, so I am retiring the Confidant newsletter, which means no more Super Confidant newsletter, which means don't send anything to paypal.me slash tell me anything, or sorry, to slash you can tell me anything. Uh, if you do, I will refund you, or <laughs> I don't know. I guess you can always send me money, but you won't be getting a newsletter. But don't, because it'll make me feel weird. Um, if you do want to see extra content like the kinds of things I was doing on the newsletter, plus more, because I will be doing more original content, uh, it's onlyfans.com slash Teresa Lee. I have tried to make it the cheapest possible by like doing like if you buy two months you get one free buy three months get three free but if you hear about my OnlyFans from here and you are not signed up yet and you want to especially because I was doing the confidant newsletter before and I'm retiring it just send me an email and say that you're a super confidant that you um want to get on the OnlyFans and I'll give you a free month and um yeah just email me tell me anything pod at gmail.com but um I've already put a video essay up there that I wrote called Trust Yourself and I just recorded a uh, video all about my reaction from the Wonder Woman 1984 movie. Really, it's less about the movie and more about the perfect wish. Things like that. A lot of fun. So that's OnlyFans.com slash Teresa Lee. Email me to get a free month. Um, just let me know that you're a listener of the pod. And finally, I don't really have any live shows coming up because we are still in lockdown here in L.A., but I would love to do more um, Zoom comedy shows. Um, there is no more comedy quarantine. Well, I think it's continuing, but I'm no longer hosting. I needed to take a break to start new things. And I am using that break to take the time to think about some exciting, fun things um, as I will be in lockdown for a while. And I want to keep connecting to you guys. So follow me at Larissa T to get all the updates. That's pretty much it. I'm excited to reshare this episode with you for those who didn't hear it the first time or for those who want to hear it again um I uh yeah I found it to be really comforting to listen to myself I know that sounds weird but I mean like as I was recording it I don't think I was aware of how much has changed since then I guess like um of I think I recorded it with the assumption that I was very I was at I was finished in my sexuality journey and boy was I wrong. Um but where I am now is I'm very excited about just being myself and continuing to explore and um yeah, I I really feel like I don't have to stop anywhere and define myself anymore. Like I just know that I'm me and it's okay. But um when I was really obsessed with finding a label, I I did go through this part uh of my journey where I really um, looked into transitioning and, um, I talk about it on this pod, so I hope you enjoy that and yeah, that's it. Enjoy and have a, have a safe and lovely day. You can tell her, you can tell her anything, she's a real good listener, you can tell Hi guys, this is Teresa, the host of You Can Tell Me Anything, the podcast where I have comedians confess a secret they've never told anybody before. Um, well, today is a very special episode because technically it is a comedian confessing something, but that comedian is myself. Um, this is a solo episode. What? That's crazy. That 
uh, what I'm just going to talk by myself. Um, yes, I am. And judging by how I got that sentence out, this is going to go real great. But um, one of the reasons for doing this is, well, because um, I uh, the guests that I had scheduled um, had to cancel. And, you know, I do have a lot of great problem solving skills. And um, I was like, I can rebook, uh, which I did. And then that guest also canceled. And then I was like, you know what, I actually have a lot of secrets and a lot of things I want to talk about. And the truth is, the reason I started this podcast was because I feel like I'm a very open person. And I do feel like I'm a great listener. And I really like to talk to people um, in more longer form, deeper conversations um, about pieces of our past. Because I think you get to know someone a lot by the stories they tell about who they used to be. It informs you of who they are. But anyways, all that being said, I, in addition to being a listener... um, also have a lot of stuff that I feel like I enjoy sharing with people. I'm sure there's some sort of word for it, but it's not that I have a lot of secrets like uh, in a in a sinister or like malicious way. It's just that I tend to have a lot of layers, as everybody does. This is why I think this podcast is so fun for me to do because I really believe that we all have so many layers and that's why so many of the stories you've heard have been so interesting. Um, but anyways, so that being said, uh, I constantly have things that I'm just like, oh, I never told you this, but this here's blank about me. Um, so that's one reason I started the podcast. The other reason I started the podcast was because I, I love making confessions, not necessarily consciously, but, um, and I probably do this last, I've talked about this a little bit on the podcast, but, um, I used to, you know, uh, there's a word for it in Chinese, bai, which just means confess your love. I used to do that a lot. I would kind of like keep things inside and not talk about my feelings. And then all of a sudden one day be like, bah, here's everything I feel and everything I've ever felt. So anyways, this podcast is sort of to deal with that. Wow, what a long-winded um, explanation. Boy, if you guys don't like my voice, uh, you've probably already turned this off by now. But if you do, buckle down because I'm going to be talking for the rest of this podcast. Um, Okay, well, let's just get right into it. I always ask my guests for a good confession. So you know what? I will do the same. I'm going to start with a good confession. Um, Here's something I I guess I I will brag about. It's straight up just a brag. Um, I I, I recently did the NBC stand-up competition. They do it every year. It used to be called Stand-Up for Diversity. Um... I went to Houston, I flew out there to to do the competition, and I made it to the semifinals, and today I found out I didn't make it to the finals, and honestly, I was feeling a little bit bummed, Um, but now I am here talking to you guys, and I just want to use this as my good confession, because I'm happy that I made it to the semifinals, and that I worked hard for it, and I don't think, you know, and I think all the judges are very wise and experienced so if they don't think I'm ready then I'm not ready for the finals and that just means I have to work harder and so that's my good confession because I actually do feel pretty proud of making it that far because that's something that I think even three years ago I don't think I would have made it that far so it's just a little nice milestone to be like keep working hard but also you know you've made some progress wow that was very uncomfortable (laughs) uncomfortable for me I hate bragging about stand-up stuff and I really want to erase that um but I won't okay (laughs) anyways um so this confession I have today is actually um a little bit more on the serious side 
Um, and it, it's something that I've touched upon before, like elements I've touched on before in this podcast, but I've never really said this to anyone. Um, and I've never talked about on stage. Um, but I actually feel like this week is really relevant for me to talk about this because of um, the threat in the government of um, erasing the identity of transgender people. So if you guys aren't following the news, that is a proposed bill. It's not, you know, nothing's been taken, no action's been taken, but it it's very disheartening to hear that on a national level that people in the government want to basically erase transgendered from the dictionary. They basically want to say, they basically want to make the definition of gender um, specific to how you were born biologically. If you guys are bummed out about this news and you you feel like you want to take action, there's a lot of good organizations out there you can donate to. The Trans Law Center it helps provide legal counsel to trans people um, who can't afford it and just to keep people educated. And um, of course, there's the Trevor Project, which provides it's a suicide hotline for LGBT youth, um, and those are both great organizations. There's so many more, so definitely, you know, take your time and research that. Um, but, okay, that's the last I'll say about this, though, the political side. But that's what's going on in the climate right now. And, and so I, I this is something that I've, I, I've never really thought about confessing on this podcast. But because of everything going on, and because I've kind of touched on my sexuality before, I just decided, you know what? I'm going to talk about it. So my confession is, when I was 19, I used to think that I was a boy. And uh, when I say I think, I mean, I I explored, I questioned, and I was genuinely, um, I was genu- I, I genuinely researched how to transition from being a, a woman or a girl, I guess I was still sort of a teenager, to to becoming a boy um and at that time I I hadn't come out to myself yet as gay or queer and I hadn't uh hadn't lost my virginity so there's a lot of things I hadn't done and I hadn't really explored and I was very much at the beginning of my journey in all this and so it came from a place where where I felt really out of place and and I was very much just did not feel like I belonged to my body um and I went to a very liberal school. I went to NYU, and I was around, I knew trans people in high school. I knew trans people in college. So this was something that I um, hadn't really thought of till when I was nineteen. For some reason, I just really identified that way, and I really did explore it. Um, this is a period I call questioning because it wasn't. I, it wasn't. Um, I will. I will say it was a transitional phase. But but for uh, for a good chunk of the year, I, that that is the secret I believed in my heart, and I was kind of collecting data and talking to people and trying to s- understand more about what what my identity was. Um, okay, so I'll kind of uh, tell you guys the story a little bit. Basically, um, it's it feels like lifetime ago, but around this time, I had come back from studying abroad. Uh, I stay. I lived in Paris for about half a year. Um, I went there to study French. Um, I had a, a lot of. Um, it was a great time, and I really did enjoy my time there. And uh, and it really feels like a, f- a very, very long time ago. But 
while I was there, it, it, let's just say I grew in a lot of ways, um, some, some good, some bad, um, had a lot of experiences that I, I think at the time I was just feeling like, this isn't like specifically related to my identity, but I'm just trying to paint you guys a little bit of a picture of where I was then. I was feeling very like I was, it was a phase of growing and I was very lost and very confused and, and stuff had happened that I, ha I hadn't really processed or dealt with while I was there and wouldn't have the tools to deal with, um, till I came, you know, for years. Um, so that's kind of where I was. I was already in a very like unstable and questioning my life point of view and definitely like, you know, had undiagnosed depression and anxiety and was hallucinating. So all that was happening. And then I was beginning to question my sexuality. And so how I felt was that I've always been attracted to men, uh, boys, um, at the time, well, you know, I wasn't attracted to men when I was 13. Uh, not that there, there's anything wrong with that, but you know, I was attracted to boys, um, growing up and also attracted to girls, but definitely attracted to boys. And in my mind, being attracted to boys meant you were not gay because being gay means you don't like boys. So I, I was thinking in a very negative, not negative, like bad, but like negative space. I was thinking from a, um, process of elimination point of view. I was thinking the definition is whatever you don't like is what you are. Instead of just thinking like what you like could define who you are. So that's a little bit more of a positive way of viewing it. But, you know, I was coming from a more negative point of view. And so I thought, well, the definition of being gay is you don't like the opposite sex. And I do. So therefore, I'm not gay. Dumb logic, right? I, I wasn't really aware of like fluidity and pansexual and bisexual. I really just thought, I mean, I knew there were bisexual people, but really by erasure very much um, in the media affected me growing up. So what I thought, you know, what I what I thought of when I thought of bisexuals was, you know, like sort of party girls, making out with girls at parties, threesomes, that sort of thing, which probably still happens. But it's just a very limited scope of what it means to be bisexual. So, OK, all that being said, I was already beginning to question my sexuality and um and I just really did not feel right in my body I I so then I went through this phase where I would look in the mirror and I would see myself as a man uh actually not a man a boy like boi I saw myself as a boy but really I did I that's kind of a joke but I would I would sort of get these men's wife beaters from Target and actually Kmart the Kmart in Astor Square <laughs> Which is a uh, horrible Kmart, um, but that's where I went because that's where I went to school. And I would get these wife beater packs, men's packs, put them on, and wear these loose baggy jeans and just like kind of hold my hair up, <laughs> real bougie. Like I didn't have the guts to cut it that short, and just like imagine myself as a boy, and it felt right. And I, and I, was like, well, maybe this is what I am, and and. Um, and then it was the summer and I went home and I remember thinking like, I think, I think I figured it out. Cause what it was is I felt really not right. Like I hadn't come to into my, I hadn't come out to myself yet. So what that feeling was, was me trying to define myself and figure out where I belonged and like find a resting place because I really didn't feel stable. And, and I really felt so trapped within my body because I was in a sorority and I'm, 
did pageants growing up and I um danced and which all of that is totally fine and I loved and I really like don't regret any of that that's so much a part of who I was um and still am like that's my identity but but a lot of those worlds at the time were pretty heteronormative um very much like em- emphasis on being a specific type of woman a lot of emphasis on being you know like sort of the f- the f- male gaze on the female aesthetic um even though a lot of those organizations champion like empowerment and feminism it's like a very limited not necessarily intersectional feminism so you know being involved in these groups I really just started feeling trapped like I was like I don't understand like I don't I don't quite feel like being a straight girl is who I am Um, yet I do know that I like men and they elicit strong reactions emotionally in me and physically sometimes so I started thinking, well, you know what, what it is, is that I'm a boy because that's where this conflicting feelings coming from. Cause here's the thing. I've talked about this on the pod before, but I used to, I mean, at this time I wasn't having any sex. I was a virgin, but when you don't have sex and you like being sexually active, you end up doing a lot of other things, right? So like blowjobs, whatever, you know, mostly that, I guess. I don't know what I wasn't being that, um, I wasn't being that uh, adventurous back then. Pretty much just blowjobs. But anyways, I, I liked I liked blowjobs. I liked penis. I liked having sex. Uh, not sex. Sorry. I liked sex things with boys. And I liked the idea of, you know, whatever, fooling around with boys. So I was like, you know, I think I'm a gay boy trapped in a girl's body. And I think that's why I don't quite feel right saying that I'm like a queer woman because I still like these boys. And I also don't quite feel right just you know, being a, a a straight boy because I do like boys. And I was like, being a gay boy would explain why when I hook up with boys, this is a true thing that sometimes I still do, but a lot less, but I used to do. When I hooked up with boys, I would have to think about girls to really like get off. And um, at the time I was like, well, maybe I'm a gay boy. And so the girl stuff is like, you know, whatever society telling me I'm supposed to like girls. And, but I still can't stay away from boys. And so once I thought this, I was like, I think this is it. I figured it out. And there was like, it didn't, I will say like in hindsight, it wasn't like it clicked so much. It's like, you know, um, oh, what's that book by Shel Silverstein? The Missing Piece. The Missing Piece is looking for his other piece, right? And he... Yeah, you guys know the story, but I'll just briefly summarize it. <laughs> He's like a little wedge and he goes up to um little holes and uh sorry, <laughs> little circles with a wedge missing and tries to find his other piece. And he keeps looking for people that almost fit. They almost fit, but they're not quite. Eventually, it's a really cute story because eventually he finds uh one that he likes. He doesn't quite fit, but then they just kind of make it work and then they're fine. What I kind of felt like was like I found this, um, I found, I found my missing piece or so I thought it didn't quite fit, but I was like determined to just be like, you know, I'm tired. I just want to figure out what I am and then not worry about it and live my life. And so when I was like, well, maybe I'm a gay boy, it, it didn't like click, click it in hindsight. I'm like, it wasn't quite right. But, but I wanted so badly to like have my aha moment that I was like, that's it. That's what I am. And then I felt so much relief and I was like, oh my God, what I need to, um, 
I need to start this process. I need to figure this out. I need to be, I need transitions. I need to be who I really am so the world can see me as how I see myself. So this was around the summertime um, when I was around 19 and I was back home for the summer and I started doing this thing. I started researching because I was very much questioning and I was like, thank God for the internet. Other people probably have gone through this. I mean, they definitely have. And I was like, I'm an Asian gay boy and there's other Asian gay boys out there and I'm going to find them and they're going to make me feel like I'm at home. So I started Googling and reading people's stories and I joined some forums and I even posted how I felt on them. I created like burner accounts and was making, you know, just really afraid someone would figure it out. Um, and one of the biggest things I found that made me, made me really continue with this journey was I found a website of a trans, uh, of a, a, a trans man who had transitioned, who, um, like within the last year I was still going through his transition um and he was born a biological female and he went he was Asian he similar body type as me went to NYU and there were a couple other similarities I can't remember I think he was also Taiwanese so there were a lot of things and he was around my age and I think maybe he was a little older and had graduated or something. But when I read and he had a website and he was sort of like talking about his transition and answering questions and putting it out there. And I remember finding it and being like, oh, my God, this is a sign. Like it has to be because <laughs> so many similarities and not only that, but like even as I'm saying this right now, <laughs> it's weird because I'm alone in my room. Well, my dog's here, but I like feel like crying because I, I really haven't talked about this with anyone but I remember thinking, that's me. This is my story. And just feeling so relieved that I wasn't alone and there are other people out there and that he had gone through the transition and he looked hot. Not that it matters. You can totally transition even if you're not hot. But I mean, like at the time I was living this sort of like straight girl, hot girl identity, like trying to fit into that world, like, you know, wearing the heels, getting the male gaze, going to clubs. So there was a part of me that's like selfishly like if I transition, I want to be a hot boy because not that it matters, but, you know, whatever. It kind of did. So to me, not that it should, but it did to me. And I'm being honest about that. So it was nice to see this hot boy <laughs> and his website. And uh, and I remember that being like, OK, well, I don't know how what it's going to take, but I'm going to transition and okay, so I want to tell you guys a little bit about the the town I grew up in. I grew up in Palo Alto, which is um, a town in the Bay Area. It's pretty liberal, but you know, whatever. It's got its issues, of course. You know, with a lot of like very rich and wealthy. It's a pretty wealthy town. A lot of scholars. It's where Stanford University is. My parents met there. That's why we live there. But with a lot of towns like that, there's a lot of privilege and there's a lot of unchecked privilege, even if it's a liberal town. So. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm acknowledging the flaws of the town for sure. But what I did like about it was how open-minded the majority of the town was and the majority of my school was like, we had a great GSA that's gay straight Alliance. Um, kind of like the, uh, I think there's a version of it in college, but basically 
very cool i i recognize that not every high school has a gay straight alliance and it was like a prominent one like a big one like they had cool, big events you know they did, went to pride they did the marches so we had that and um like this is how liberal it was the westboro baptist church protested at our high school just because it was like they were like oh this school is so gay <laughs> we need to protest it weird how i went to like pretty gay high school pretty gay college and i didn't discover i was gay till i graduated but anyways kind of like comedy i didn't really discover um i was a comedian or want to do comedy till i graduated um and i really missed out on that man but here we are okay let's continue the story so i grew up in palo alto and in my high school i'm telling you all this because my high school is very progressive uh, for a high school you know obviously we had our shortcomings but for high school, we were very progressive and our valedictorian, they weren't called valedictorians because they weren't picked based on grades. But every year, the senior class at graduation would sort of award like a a key, like the I, I think there's a name for it, but I don't remember. But it was like a something award named after some alumni. Um, let's just call it the MC Hammer Award. I know that's not what it's called, but MC Hammer was an alumni, I, I believe. And, um, you know what, actually speaking of which, um, the guy, um, uh, Stephen Jenkins, <laughs> oh my God, I blinked on his name for a second and I love third eye blind. I did a podcast defending third eye blind. Stephen Jenkins was an alumni of our high school. So let's just call it the Stephen Jenkins award, even though I, n- I definitely know that's not true. Stephen Jenkins award was awarded to one graduating girl and one writer and boy I'm saying girl and boy because we were in high school so that's what we were um every year and it wasn't based on grades but it's sort of like an all-around best student sort of like a little bit of like a kind of like representative of the entire graduating class so the year I graduated the award um for the boy was given to a trans boy and he was actually in transition when I had met him he was already going by his um, his male identity, but a lot of the kids, cause I transferred into the school, a lot of the kids at my school grew up with him and knew him as, um, his female identity before he was transitioning and everybody was very accepting and he was so nice and great. And every, just, it was just a very warm and accepting school. And I just remember like one time someone telling me that about him so that I would know. Cause I was like, Oh, cause sometimes one time someone accidentally called, I won't use names, but one time someone accidentally called him by the uh by his female name because they had grown up together and then corrected herself and uh and I was like why did you do that and then so she explained it to me and I remember being like oh cool like it wasn't even a thing it was just and it shouldn't be but in high school in the time I was going to high school we definitely weren't as open as a country about this so telling you all this to tell you that I went to progressive high school and I had experience with this and so when I when I saw this website and I had this sort of like emotional moment realizing like oh my god I'm a boy I thought about reaching out to him because I was like wow he's someone who went through this so early in high school I just want to ask and talk to somebody um and I didn't do that because I chickened out and what I ended up doing was spending a lot more time on blogs and forums and one of the big things I saw like sort of there's a, a lot of people have different experiences but one of the um one of the uh questions that came up for me was how do I tell my friends and you know how are my relationships going to change after I transition so people described it as like uh there were people saying like 
best friends of um, people who had transitioned and they said stuff like, you know, uh, they're very supportive, um, but you kind of think of it as two people, right? Like knowing the person before transition after it almost feels like you're just knowing two people. It's sort of a con- continuation, but it's not going to be like so seamless or like, hey guys, I'm exactly the same. Because you're not. You're more yourself, but it's like you're wearing a mask and you're more yourself. So this was all very interesting. And at the time I was also still a virgin. <laughs> so what I did, I mean, how I am as a virgin is I hang on to every single hookup I've ever had. That's just how I was as a virgin. So um, I kind of ran through my mind telling all the guys I'd ever hooked up with this news. And I was like, how are they going to take it? Am I going to freak them out? But then like I kind of really like I, I w- this, I'm just telling you this to let you guys know how far I went with this. I was like really thinking about this and be like. And uh, and it was really, really comforting to throughout all this to know I wasn't alone because I can only imagine how scary it is to question, even question, right? Because it ended up this wasn't my path. But to even question yourself, your identity, and, and be alone in a small town and not know that anybody else thinks this. And so I'm very grateful that I was in a very accepting, safe space, open. Like if I wanted to talk to my friends about it I could have I was definitely in a place where I wanted to figure it out for myself before I really told anyone because I know it's pretty big news so that was all summer um then I come back to school and I felt comfortable enough at that point to tell people I was questioning but I wasn't I wasn't telling people I was like I definitely think I'm a boy I was telling people I was questioning my sexuality which is true because every time I looked in the mirror, I was like, I'm a gay boy. I like gay, I like boys. I like gay boys. <laughs> I do. I mean, <laughs> they're all nice. But at the time I was like, I like, I'm a gay boy. I like gay boys. And I was like, but also sometimes I think about women. So maybe that's the, the part of me that's man. Um, anyways, uh, wh- and you might ask why in all this were you not like you're bisexual? I don't know. Okay. I don't know how the brain works. It just didn't work at the time. <laughs> so come to think of it very much all of me questioning my sexuality could have been one of the reasons I waited so long to have sex I think I just wasn't ready and I didn't like I I just didn't really want to have I mean I thought I did and I just wasn't ready right so junior year still a virgin um I start questioning and I start telling my closest friends I'm questioning like I'm questioning my sexuality I don't know and then they were very open with me and most of them were like okay cool well let us know when you figure it out (laughs) they didn't say it in a mean way but it's kind of like cool you know we're here no matter what um and then that year was when I really like I was still drinking and so I definitely would get drunk and explore a little bit more my sexuality as in you know maybe hook up with girls and you know that sort of thing and I've talked about this on the podcast already but the first time I hooked up with a girl I was blackout drunk don't recommend because you know I heard she was hot but I don't remember so um that was when I was starting to be like all right well I started shifting away from the the thinking I was a boy because I I really started feeling more like okay I really need to explore this attraction to women And the more that I did, it took me a while to come out to myself, but the more that I did, the, the, the more that it felt right. And, and I realized, um, and I kind of just, honestly, it's weird to talk about this now because there wasn't a moment where I was like, guess I'm not a boy. I honestly just kind of like shut that all into a box in my mind and just put it away. Like 
didn't I sometimes I'll I used to like whenever I make fake accounts to ask dumb questions on forums I would like go back and delete it because I'd be afraid someone would find out I was asking about some like weird rash you know <laughs> but I didn't even touch I don't even know if those accounts exist I was like making fake emails and accounts so I could ask questions I just like completely put it in a box and was like oh that's gone and not because I was ashamed I think I was just I think I was just like um you know it was more like oh I I was wrong or not wrong but this isn't it and uh and I had gone so deep in that path that I was like well just kind of cold turkey put that away and explore this new thing and um and then you know obviously the coming out for me was a lot slower but more right like I I kind of just like was questioning junior year and then I ended up having a boyfriend senior year so then I kind of put the questioning thing on on pause um but if I'm remembering correctly he he, oh he was the first person I came out to so I came out after college and it was like oh I'm gay oh my and I was like that's it I'm gay and then uh, you guys have heard this but then I ended up dating another man and I was like, well, guess I'm not gay. And eventually long, this is a very, like I said, long, it took a while for me to come out. Eventually I was like, all right, you know what? I'm just bi. I'm not even gonna try to pin this down. Um, so, wow. I'm sorry that this story wasn't very well told, but basically that, that was a little piece of my coming out story that I never really include or tell people. And I think and I actually don't know why. And I think maybe it's because there's so much to explain. And then it, it, it kind of like misleads you a little because people think like, oh, she's going to tell us that she's tra- transitioning or is trans and and um, and uh, and then we'll be happy for her or whatever. And she's on the other side. She'll come out of it and, and kind of have this journey. But then I kind of like stop the journey and I'm like, oh, wrong journey. And so it kind of is like a kind of a I feel like a weird story to tell because it kind of starts back where it's I mean it stops where it starts kind of like loops back around so it feels like nothing happened but this week of course I've been thinking a lot more about this and just it really hurts my heart to to think about you know people who um are just people <laughs> like friends of mine but even if they're not friends just people like who do go through their journey and how how hard it is to for every step of that way is hard and questioning and wondering and and in the moment you realize you're you're different and and then and then the final glorious moment after you transition you're like I myself that feeling of like I found who I am and I can be myself and then to have the government say they want to take it away and erase you and that just hurts my heart so um I guess that's why I wanted to share this story um yeah I don't know I mean it's so weird because I I do talk about my sexuality a lot more because of comedy um there's definitely you know it it definitely is it it makes it easier to talk about in in the form of jokes and stories and also it helps me because when I talk about it on stage people who relate to me come up to me and then share their stories and I love hearing my (laughs) I love hearing stories from you guys um when people come to my show, I love hearing their stories because especially like I get queer Asian or women come up to me often after shows because, you know, they see me and then they want to share their side. And, and that's, I love that because I, I didn't really have that when I was growing up. I didn't watch comedy. And so 
when people come up to me and they're like, whoa, this thing you said, I'm this way too. I'm like, I felt so alone. So it's really nice to feel like I'm helping someone not feel alone. Um, yeah, I don't know. Was that a good confession? <laughs> I kind of, it's weird talking to you guys without anybody responding. Cause I'm like, oh wow, I just really feel like I got something off my chest. All right. Well, I guess I'll just shut this off and edit it. Um, but you know what? I'm, I'm going to wrap it up because I don't want to keep you guys, um, too long. I, I tend to, I tend to ramble when I don't have someone to check me, but I just want to say that wherever you are in your journey, it's so important to have those safe spaces and to have open-minded people around you make you feel comfortable because I, I really never felt like I was in danger and I never felt like threatened by anybody. And I felt even though for me I was conflicted, it was always about me finding myself and figuring out my journey. And I recognize that that's a privilege. I 100% recognize that I was privileged to have that and that not everybody has that. And I'm very grateful to have had that. And, you know, it doesn't mean that all my family or everybody would have necessarily supported me or accepted me like with wide open arms. Like I may have had pushback, but at no point did I ever feel like my, my safety was, you know, at risk. I never felt like I was in danger. I never felt unsafe um, to explore this. And so... So I really want, you know, I'm really grateful for that. Um, and I just really want to be able to provide that for everyone. I think everyone deserves that. So, all right. Well, thank you guys for listening to that. Hey, if you guys like this podcast, I promise they're not all like this. They're usually, there's a guest. Usually the guest has an, uh, a more interesting thing to say than I do. Um, <laughs> and then we talk and it's very nice. So if you guys like this podcast, subscribe to it give us a like um and i'd love to hear your your reviews i know there's a lot more people who listen than have reviewed the podcast so if you leave a review and dm it to me i'll or send it don't you don't have to dm it you can tag me on twitter or instagram but i will dm you a secret confession that i've never told anyone before i promise it will be more fun and light than this this is just what i wanted to talk about this week So do that. Please subscribe. um, Tell your friends. And yeah, you know, that's it. All right. Goodbye. Hey y'all, I'm Ava. And I'm Ariel. And we're the hosts of Gender Fluids. If you want to listen in to some irreverent and uncouth conversations about sex, gender, kinks, and fetishes, then this is a podcast for you. We have new episodes out every Wednesday, so go subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast app you use. You can also follow us on our Instagram at genderfluidspodcast if you want a daily dose of dirty, dirty sex memes. This has been a hoo-ha-ha podcast.